It's the Dogcast, Show 212. This week's trip to Tennessee was a whole lot better than last week's. Alright, dog fans, it's a dog cast, episode number 212. Me and Old Dog are back safe and warm in the bunker after a frigid day in Nashville. And the dogs pull out a much needed, somewhat big win against Vanderbilt, 34 to 10. Old Dog, we got tons of stuff to talk about out of this game. Well, not a ton of stuff to talk about, but a lot of good things to talk about. You know, we had some emails this week where guys were saying, Man, I wish you guys would stop talking about the coaches and you know So so at this point, let's just say we know. We know. And now we're gonna get along and, and uh, talk about And we're about, glad to talk about something else too. And talk about the Georgia Vanderbilt <laughs> game. So we started kind of slow, but we finished good and strong, you know, and uh, we took a lot of momentum into the off week. Well, I I'm hoping we did on that. And and I think we did. I mean the score was thirty four to ten and you know, starting out slow is kind of a a misnomer there. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to... I mean, it was probably the best all-around game we have played this year. I agree. Uh, I thought the defense probably had their best game of the year. Uh, Offense, man, you know, if it's not for the fourth quarter... uh, well, we'd be saying they sucked. We had we had nine plays. Our first four possessions consisted of nine plays yeah. and no first downs. Yeah, and uh, at the at, and through three quarters, we only had fifty three yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. So our our run, our running game, and our run blocking woes still continued. No doubt. I mean, you got to remember, like you said, through three quarters, we were only averaging about two and a half yards a carry against a team that had been giving up 171 yards on average. But what a fourth quarter we had because we <laughs> ended up with 173 yards rushing on 37 carries, which basically we put up 120 yards on 17 carries in the fourth quarter. You're right. The fourth quarter really helped us. And as good as that sounds, at the end of the day, we still were only about average against that Vanderbilt team. But more importantly, let's hope that that fourth quarter not wasn't just a a stat padding situation, but let's hope it gave the team the confidence that we need. And I think we've got a brand-new running back to sing the praises of. Dontavious Jackson. (laughs) Comes in. I knew you were going to say that. You know, no, I'm just joking. I mean, the kid finally got in. Uh, he had three runs for 38 yards. Hey. Again, that was in that miracle fourth quarter. But I do think we probably found our running back uh, in Washon Ely. Well, Washon Ely did take the bulk of the carries yesterday, and he had 71 yards. 13 carries, averaging 5.5 yards a carry. Yeah. Now, if my math does does right... And you know what I would love to see? If we did nothing but hand him the ball 
every second, at the end of each second down, we would have a first down. <laughs> we would continue to gain 11 yards every two downs. Well, that's, let's not get crazy, old dog. Okay, settle down, man. But, uh, Washon Ely was running hard yesterday. Caleb King, I think, made a good, made a very valuable impact yesterday. I mean, if you look at his numbers, Caleb King only had, what, five carries? For, five carries for 14 yards. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, sound no. great. No, but, and, and when I saw those, I was kind of shocked because I thought he had a much better game. He did. He ran hard, uh, had a screen pass that I think went for, what, 21 yards, 21, 21 yards 22. On a third and 11. Ran real hard on that. Uh, you know, again, I think, I, and I still go back to it, I think our running backs would be a whole lot better if they had uh, decent run blocking up in front of them. No doubt. And again, let's hope that the fourth quarter was some kind of apocalyptic turnaround for well, us. Well, you know, I do think, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Bobo being on the sideline thing and the fact that they were subbing the running backs. You know, Bobo said after the game, the whole point behind us subbing those running backs were, we told uh, running backs coach, hey, you keep putting running backs in there until we find the guy that wants to carry it. And I do, th- even though I'm not a fan, and I know you're not a fan of running back by committee, we want to get a guy into a rhythm that's running downhill. I do think, I kind of think the competition's making them all work a little harder. I mean, you had Samuel, six carries, 18 yards. You had T- Carlton Thomas, six carries, 27 yards. Ely, we already talked about him with his yards. King had yards. Dontavious Jackson comes in, averages more than 10 yards a carry. Man, somebody is going to step up and make and start toting the rock. And, you know, but regardless of how good they are, we still need run blocking. Yeah, no we, doubt. We got to get that. And on the Bobo on the sideline thing, I do think there was a little more continuity in the uh, offense. I kind of like Bobo being on the sideline. Coach Rick said it was totally Bobo's idea. I mean, I joked with Derek when we saw it, said, uh, you know, Bobo's leash just got a whole lot shorter. Right. And Rick wanted him right there. But, again, if the move to the sideline helped Bobo out and did the offense, less against Florida, put Martinez up in the booth and see if that'll help. (laughs) Let's do something. I'll tell you, you know – I think it's funny too. Bobo said after the after the game that he liked being on the sidelines. It was great, you know. And I think it's good too because I do think it helps for him if Cox comes off the field and has a bad series. I think if Bobo's there with him face to face and talking to him on the sideline, I think it improves Cox's confidence and uh, I think it helps get the message across. Well, and it's probably a lot better than talking to him on the phone. Yeah, because I think you can read a lot into uh, body language and facial expression. And everything else, and apparently the body language and the facial expressions on Cox must have just exuded confidence because, again, with a a tease, we were told Logan Gray was going to play and didn't and did not. Now Logan Gray did take a big step forward, though he actually attempted to return a punt. Uh, in the Vanderbilt game, <laughs> went for minus two yards, so we probably know that's why he fair catches. Yeah, we maybe, but I, and I'll tell you, let's talk because you know uh, Joe Cox yesterday. He was sixteen of thirty one for two hundred twenty six yards with one touchdown and one int. But if you factor in the fact that sixty five yards of those passings, 
that's A.J. Green taking a one-yard pass and turning it into a 65-yard yeah. pass exclusively with his legs. Well, and, you know, but on the, you know, conversely to that, too, Cox did have a couple drops, but he is really a true definition of a streaky quarterback. Because, I mean, he started out the game, even if you factor in the two drops, he just flat out sucked. It's three of 11. In the beginning of the game. Three of 11. But then after A.J., caught and took it 65 yards. I don't know if it built up confidence or not, but then he was he was beyond Crompton after that. He was beyond Crompton, no doubt about it. But I'm telling you, in the first half yesterday, if we were ever going to get a dash of Logan Gray, that would have been a good time to do it. Yeah. And I think pretty much we can put the Logan Gray thing to bed. Yeah, and I mean, and not <laughs> only and not only that, but I mean, I think Logan Gray other than being on kickoff teams and fair catching punts, his that's probably all he's going to be. Right, and I'm not. I'm not trying to make Georgia. a judgment of whether or not he'd be a good idea or not. I'm just telling you. I believe the call's been made. Yeah, there's if you something. were going to see him, you would have seen him. And I mean, to me, you know, he has looked good in practice and stuff. And I'd love to see him on the field. Me too. But there is something that's just not there. And I don't. The coaching staff apparently doesn't have any confidence in him, or at least not enough to put him in a game. Because I mean. That would have been, again. That would have been ideal. Uh, if not in the first half, there was a couple opportunities in the third quarter to put him in, and certainly in the fourth quarter when basically we went the couple times we had the ball, we did nothing but run it, which really made the old dog's heart feel good. We had that one drive where we ran it ten straight times, ten rushes in a row oh, for sixty-eight yards. Man. You love that, didn't I, I, you? I absolutely did. It was... <laughs> six to midnight, right? You went straight from six to midnight yeah, on that drive. Yeah? It was absolutely wonderful to see. And the beauty of it was, and it would be great if we could continue to do that, just think how wonderful it would be if we were, say, up by three against Florida with four minutes to go two weeks from now in Jacksonville. They're forced to punt. Tim Tebow runs out to the hash mark, beats his chest, points to the sky, slaps his helmet, does a Pulls bump and grind, <laughs> does everything else that he can do. We take it on the 20. We run it, run it, run it, and run it until the clock says zero, zero. Gosh, wouldn't that be great? Man. Bobby Petrino, do you think that would be great? What do you think? In would a, that be nice? In an ideal world, that's what's going to happen. I, and I'm, I'm going to take a digression. I'm, I'm going to go off the, off the script here for a second, old dog. Because I'm just telling you, if you cannot possibly tell me that Tim Tebow running for it on fourth and two in the first half yesterday against Arkansas, getting the first down, jumping up, ripping off his chin strap, pounding his chest, pumping his fist, saying, that's what I'm talking about, doing a little damn river dance there like an Irish step dancing, running all around. Don't How forget beating hell? on his helmet. How the hell is that not a celebration building? And, and all of this without another Gator player within 10 yards. So you can't say he was celebrating with his team. This was, it's this was all about drawing it's, attention it's to me, himself. It's me. It's me. I'm Timmy Tebow. And when he does it, He's a warrior. He's great. He, he's a leader. He, he's an inspirational leader of men. Yeah. When he does it, AJ flips a ball to the ref and points to the crowd and says, thanks, fans, gets a flag. Yeah. Uh, Wooten throws the ball down, gets a flag. Maybe yes, maybe. I mean, maybe it should be, maybe it's not. 
But then two series later, Vandy sacks, <coughs> sacks Cox, rips his towel from his belt, and the defender throws it up in the air. That's no anyway. That's I a, know, that's a show I, for another time. But, but I'm, but I'm telling pissed. you, we've got an off week. I'm going to the SEC uh, offices, much like I had to last year with ESPN. I'm getting to the bottom. Why? Why is Georgia being singled out for celebration penalties and I'm personal fouls? Because I'm telling you, folks, we are. How about on the late kick? I know I'm beating a dead horse here. On the late kick coverage by Florida, they pin Arkansas deep. There's like seven players dancing on the hash mark. Florida players just going nuts on the hash mark, jumping up and down. And you got the ref back there in the back doing the gator chomp yeah. on the sideline. Well, what? that and, and we'll you talk. Can't possibly justify. Let's that. talk about that game in the middle of the week because that was that <sighs> needs a lot more discussion, and that was one that was absolutely Damn, I'm pissed given. about that. Given to the Gators on that. Let's get back to our game. Defense, I think, played a lot better. We had three sacks, one interception. Uh, Georgia only had one turnover, an interception by Cox early in the game that didn't hurt us. So we still have not improved on our takeaway margin, but at least we didn't get any worse. Right, we didn't Uh, get any worse, which is critical for us. It was a one-for-one, and this is the first game where where our only miscue really did not result in the other team getting any points. I'll tell you um, something else, too. Brandon Boykin, Bakari Rambo, those kids, I'm really starting to like those kids on defense. I mean, Brent, you know Brandon Boykin is only 90 yards away from the school record yeah. for rushing yards? I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, return yards, kickoff return yards. He's 90 yards away, seven games in. Well, and, you know, I tell you, and one of the things that I had written down during the game Brian Evans should never ever right. That's where I was see, going. See the field again, right? Prince Miller should return punts, and probably Rasheed Jones needs to be substituting in for Rambo and the two Brandons when they get tired. Because I'm telling you, Rambo and the two Brandons need to be on the field all the time. I defensively, right? I tell you, Brandon Smith probably is. Well, I know he's a great athlete. He has a lot of speed and certainly was one of the reasons that we beat South Carolina on that run. But I am telling you, that that reverse, the Brandon Smith reverse, end around, anything we do with him since that 60-yard run against Carolina, it ain't working. Not working. Let, the kid's only a freshman. We're going to have him around for three more years. Let's let him get back there settle into his defensive position, and then maybe when he's a junior, let's get him maybe (laughs) some special offensive plays for him. Because it's not like we don't have weapons on on the offensive side. It's not like we don't have good receivers. And in one of my favorite terms that I haven't used in a long time, it's not like our receivers aren't speed merchants. Absolutely. Who are out there selling speed. Selling. They got speed to just give away. They don't sell it. They give it away because they got so much. I'm telling you. But anyway. Brandon Boykin, what my point a minute ago was, Boykin, we already know what he can do returning the kickoff, you know? I'm really starting to like his, his tackling is improving. Hell, uh, Bakari Rambo, Brian Evans, I know, again, I'm going down a well-worn path here. 
But I'm telling you, as David Hale said yesterday, Brian Evans should never be on the field unless we're up by 30 or down by 30. Right. Well, and I had a thought. Ever. And it's, and it's kind of like, you know, when you retire from a company that you've worked for for a long time, they give you a gold watch. Here's what I think we need to do with Brian Evans. <laughs> I think we need to buy him a scooter, place it in an alley, and tell him where it is. And then alert the Athens police. Have fun with it. Have fun with it. Go nuts, man. So here it is. Go nuts, Evans. Just go nuts with that scooter, man. Yeah. I think you're. I think you're onto something there. Whatever it takes to get Brian Evans off the field, give him instead of a gold watch. How about a golden clipboard where he can keep track of plays, what the other team's doing, what our team's doing. Let him have some head. Let him have a headset, a clipboard. Yeah. Look important. But he does not need to be on the field. And he could lead the dancing between the third and fourth quarter. Sure. He could have do the dancing after the game. Man, but and if he's got any kind of voice, <laughs> maybe they could hook his headset into the PA system and he could do a little karaoke. But that 60 minutes while the game's going on, no He, he doesn't need to be on the field. No business. How about Quentin Banks coming back? I was glad to see him come back. Uh, yeah. Just good to see him on the field. It was good to see him on the field, but again... Uh, he totally whiffed. He, he well, he didn't whiff because his his arm, his elbow caught the guy. But again, it goes back to what I've been saying, and I think something that is just problematic. I we just don't teach fundamental tackling. I mean, Quentin Banks had every opportunity to come, put his shoulder on this guy's belt buckle, grab him around the waist, pick him up two feet in the air, and then slam him down. To the ground. Instead, what does he do? He runs by him as fast as he can and luckily throws an elbow out that catches the kid in the shoulder and knocks the guy down. Makes now, it. I'm telling you, if that kid hadn't played for Vanderbilt, he would have gone for about another 50 yards, a la Charles Scott. Yeah, it's kind of sad to me that Quentin Banks comes in, makes a tackle that kind of makes the crowd go, ooh, it gets a, and it was like an accidental knockdown. Yeah. He basically whiffed on the tackle, right. but still got an ooh and an ah out of the crowd. But, but I think it, it goes back to what we have been saying for so long and why we know Martinez needs to go. We just, our, our philosophy, under this coach is not correct. At defensive back, especially. Especially. And and the we teach no tackling fundamentals now, at all. Uh Justin Houston. Justin Houston, Rennie Curran continuing to get it done, make an impact. Justin Houston is really stepping up, becoming a more important part of yeah. this defense. Rennie Curran Leading tackler on the team, yawn. I mean of course Rennie Curran's the leading tackler. I'm telling you, without AJ Green and Rennie Curran I don't know where this team yeah, would be. But the defense kind of came back a little bit uh, with, Cade with zero, good. With Jeff zero tackles for losses last week. We had 12 tackles for losses this week God. and three sacks. Uh, Poor old Larry Smith. Let's keep that up and, again, getting ahead of myself a little bit. But we know how bad Arkansas's defense is yes, because we, do. we torched it. And If we can torch and ourselves. They put, <laughs> and they put Tim Tebow on the ground six times. Six sacks. They put them on the ground more than six. Sure. But Arkansas had six sacks against St. Tebow. So let's hope that we can muster up, especially coming off of this off week, and uh, and do that. Because I'm telling you, and Florida's beatable. 
we got a lot more to talk about about Florida because I absolutely believe Florida's beatable, and I think we are the team to do it. We're in the right place at the right time. Florida's in the right place at the right time. They're about as weak as they've been in this little run that they're yeah. on right now, and I'm telling you, we've got more to say about this, dog fans, and yeah. we're going to be bringing it this coming week. But Florida is beatable, and I believe we're the team that can get it done. And one thing I would love to work on, because it does look like we're coming around a little bit, but penalties, Mm -hmm. still a problem. And now, granted, one of those 15-yard penalties, that one on Wooten, probably should have never been called. But again, we had eight penalties for 71 yards. Uh, We had one for an illegal formation coming out of a timeout. I mean, that's just inexcusable Ridiculous. type stuff. And that's the kind of stuff you can do against Vanderbilt, win 34-10 to 10 and feel good about yourselves. That's not the kind of stuff we're going to be able to do against the rest of our opponents except for Tennessee Tech and come out feeling good. Well, one other thing, a couple other things I want to talk about too. Let's talk a little bit about special teams because, you know, you know I've been – Huge fan. Every single week, I've been pumping the praises of Prince Miller on punt return, and uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I never once, I never once didn't believe in him. I never once knew that Prince, that thought that Prince Miller maybe couldn't get it done on punt return. So I'm just glad to see that my long held. My long held, I'm keeping the candle lit for Prince Miller. It paid off with a 55 yard return and a 40 yard return yesterday. And Derek, I would love to ask you this question. Is it because Prince Miller's better, or was it because we were playing Vandy? Hey, it's because all again, because of Prince Miller. Because, again, on one of his runs, it got called back because of a block in the back or some other inane penalty. Uh, he did, like he always loves to do, backed up past that 10-yard line, <laughs> caught the ball, and was off to the races. Well, I'll tell you, I'm just glad to see the Prince was able to contribute for his own sake. I mean, you know, he's had a lot of ups and downs. Well, he contributed with a couple pass interference penalties also. That's true. That's true. And also some blown coverages. Yeah. But, um, you know, I was able to see, particularly on the punt returns, he was able to contribute. Now, talking about punts, though, for the second time this season, we were completely unaware of the possibility of a fake punt. Yeah. We backed out of the box like the box was on fire and left the middle of the field open. We we left one player in the center of the field for the fake punt coverage. You know, which which is really hard to understand because we've been told coming into this game that one of the reasons that we have Logan Gray back there on so many of his fair catches is the fact that we are just so scared of the fake punt. We're in a safe that punt That we mode. are going into the safe punt mode. And then, perfect <laughs> opportunity. If, you know, if you're aware of it all the time, how in the world do you let Vandy do that to you? I, I have no explanation for that. None. There's no, I have no explanation for that at all. And I don't know why it is. I'm just going to say, well, I actually, I do know. We know. We know yeah, why we know. special teams are bad. We know why the punt return team wasn't looking for the fake punt. And we're going to get to that after this season. Yeah. We're going to talk about that a little bit more after the season. And um, finally, I just had a couple more notes on offense. I mean, Shoot. Fred Munzenmeyer, I think he played you know, He played an okay game yesterday, but I really do think we're missing Sean Chompas, and well, I would like there, to see Chompas come back. There's a reason why, why Chompas is, is 
yeah. first string and Munson Meyer second. Munson Meyer made about what I would expect a second string player to make yesterday. I mean, yeah. he had a touchdown and everything, but he also missed had a some nice blocks run, and dropped, dropped some a balls. Passes. He, you know, I really would like to see Sean Trumpus come back. And furthermore, uh, Wooten, you already touched on it. Wooten, badass. We're going to have some years of production out of him. And the biggest loser of this week, I think, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but I'm telling you, Bruce Figgins. Bruce Figgins is going to really lament the fact that he smoked all that dope in the preseason and got yeah. the six-game suspension and then took the medical red shirt, yada, yada, yada. Because I'm telling you, with Orson Charles around, Bruce Figgins will be lucky if he mops up any anymore in his right. career. Because Orson Charles is a stinking stud. He's still young, still green, gets penalties, does things wrong. But I'm telling you, that kid's a ball player. And gets better every week. Holy crap, he's a ball player. And yeah. I love me some tight end, baby. Yeah, That kid is a ball player. I love to see some tight end play and some Rontavious Wooten. I'm telling you, we, we're putting this thing together. It's, you know, it again, I, I don't share as much of your excitement. I know. Because, again, it was against Vanderbilt. I know. Well, they, I'm not just, look. But, but you know, on that. Going beyond had, that. I mean, you look at it, and, again, the fourth quarter made everything a whole lot rosier, a whole lot better. We had 399 yards against Vanderbilt, which is pretty much what they which is more than they've been given up. They do have they did have a pretty good defense. Mm-hmm. And we held them to two hundred and ninety six total yards. Of course, they have a horrible offense. Eighty of that came on that one drive. But it whether it's Vanderbilt or not, it's a whole lot better to win than it is to lose. <laughs> you daggum right it is. And uh, And I hope that a win like this where and you know, you we were talking special teams, our kick coverage was a whole lot better than it has been in a long, long time. And the only really faux pas we had, and I'd like to think Blair Walsh did this on purpose just to get a little dig in. After we kicked that field goal with, what, 30 seconds to go or whatever, apparently they wanted him to do some kind of directional kick or something. So he just went up there and kicked it out of bounds at the 35. Yeah, because let me tell you something. Blair Walsh has quickly turned into the best kicker in the SEC. Yeah, and I would like to think that in that kid's head, even at a sophomore, he got back there and said, I've got two more years to play after this season, and that's two more years, and Coach Fabris is going to be around so I'm really going to make him look stupid on this one. Exactly. If he won't let me kick a touchback, then I'm kicking the son of a bitch out of bounds. Yeah. One way or the other. And, and let's see how you like them apples. You go, Blair. You go. We got your back, buddy. You take care of business. But there were even a couple you. times where we kicked deep. Uh, didn't wasn't a touchback. Went to the four or so. I think one got out to about the 23 or 24. The other one we actually stopped. On the 17. Inside the 20. I mean, you know, that's the kind of stuff that can happen when you do. Now, of course, I know what Coach Rick is going to say. There, we kicked off at the start of the third quarter. Got boomed it into the end zone. Got a touchback. Damn, Vanderbilt marches 80 yards. And Coach Rick will probably say, see, that's what happens when you kick a touchback. <laughs> they take it 80 yards. If we had done a directional kick... Giving them the ball at the 35, they would have only had to have gone 65 yards. We would have that only touchdown. given up 60 yards to the defense. That's you know? right. So, <laughs> you know, there are pluses and minuses on all of that. But, but overall, I thought our our kicking game was a lot better. Our special teams were a lot better. Really, the only gripe I had about the game, consistent gripe, 
was our offensive line over and over again. We still just have a tremendous amount of problems with our run blocking. No doubt. Now, and let's just hope that the fourth quarter was a huge turnaround for us and not just the fact that Vandy had given up. Well, I tell you what, it was a good game. I do think it was the kind of game where we didn't have to play so hard. Every player on the bench, every fan in the stands, every coach in the booth wasn't, you know, chewing their fingernails off. We weren't working our asses off to win the game, and that was good. And we won by a pretty healthy margin. We took some momentum into the locker room at the end of the game. It was exactly what we needed going yeah. into the Florida game. It was the best setup we could ask for right. going into the week off for the Florida game. Let's use it as a springboard, boys. Let's buckle down. Somebody put a hat on Tebow on every single play, and I'm telling you, we got a chance against these damn Gators. Got to agree. Dog fans, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks for listening. We've got a new phone number. The old one still works, but try to use the new one, 706-363-0210. Call us at 706-363-0210 or email us at dogcast at gmail.com. And hold on a second. One last thing before we go, old dog. I just want to tell you, because I have neglect, last week I neglected to talk about the pool. And we have a lot of listeners that take the pool really seriously. And I don't want to shortchange them. Last week, week six, because I think this is actually pretty cool. The winner was Northern Dog. Northern Dog came in as the winner. So if you were the winner, if you're Northern Dog, email us your, uh, your address and all your particular stuff. We'll get you out some dog stuff. But number two, was Mrs. Northern Dog. Wow. What a damn powerful what husband wife household, man. Mr. and Mrs. Northern Dog sew up the number one and number two picks of the week. That's pretty cool. And luckily for us, saves on the postage. Exactly. We only have to send one package of swag out. And then this week, David Hollister comes up with a perfect record, 7-0. and Wow. David, I already got your email. I already got your information stuff because you were obviously a little bit excited about winning the pool. So uh, we've got your swag on the way. Start leaving, leaving the bunker tomorrow. So thanks, guys, for playing the pool. I moved up to number 12. I finished 12th in this week. Excellent. Top, um, well, you know, top You're 10%. like the dogs. You're climbing week by week, getting Climbing, better. working, baby, working. Get out of the booth and onto the field. So thanks for thanks for listening. Yeah, Mike Bobo says, yeah. I like being on the sidelines, and I'm thinking, I bet you do, Mike. Be selling it, Cokes in the stand. Be selling damn Cokes in the concession stand, baby. Thanks for listening, dog fans. Give us an email at dogcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. Call us with your voicemail comments, whatever you guys want to do. We've got an off week, so we won't be doing a pregame show this week. We probably won't do a midweek show at all. We're just going to do a kind of a wrap-up show next weekend, and then we'll have the pregame show for Florida. So thanks for listening. We'll be back in about seven days with a fresh show. Everybody enjoy your week off. Get rested. Get ready. World's largest outdoor cocktail party. Let's Coming get it up. Go dogs. Hey, guys. This is John from Michigan. And let me preface this by saying I love me some A.J. Green as much as, much as anybody. Uh, I'm, I'm drinking a Kool-Aid, which I don't know what it is. I guess it's Guinness. Tall, dark, and handsome with a good head. I don't know. Uh, but I think old dog's right. It's really nice to be able to end out a drive running the football. So of anything positive to take, that was nice to see. And, yes, I do know it was Vandy. 